0: they you, don't do that, do this. My name's Bob Gordon, welcome to Hibernation, a podcast about how people are getting on with life and being creative during this isolation period known as COVID-19. I'm joined by Jay Watson, aka Gum, all the way from Beaconsfield near Fremantle. Jay, how are you doing? Good thanks, how are you? I'm very good you'll just put a, an album out quite uh, appropriately for the time called Out in the World because it's out there now. Um, so h- how does it feel um, releasing um, new work into the wider world especially given the isolated nature of, of what all our lives in recent months? Um, yeah, I mean it feels great. It's,
1: it's good to be able to just sort of um, move on in a way, you know. But um, I'm still really proud of this one um i think um often i make the records and they finish so sorry i'm just moving to different <laughs> often i um finish the records so long before i put them
0: out that by the time they come out i'm sort of i'm a bit over them you know yeah um, and this one's maybe been a year since it's been mastered but i still really
1: uh, i still really like it you know i'm, I'm proud of it and i uh, there's still little bits but it's it's, it's kind of cool actually it's,
0: Little bits I've forgotten that I did, you know, when I listen to it now. Okay. Listen to it the day it came out. So yeah, I don't know. It's great. So you kind of reacquaint yourself with it, and and you said you listened to it the day it came out. Yeah, just because just because I hadn't listened to it all the way through for quite a
1: while, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, since I've sort of got it mastered. Yeah, I like don't like to dwell on things too much, but it's nice. It's nice on the
0: day it came out just to listen to it and. Um, Fresh ears, you know yeah and, like see what i liked about it see what i wanted there's always stuff you would
1: change you know whether it's whether it's a lyric or like something in the production or you know something as silly as like i wish i'd pan to guitars more <laughs> you know? yeah yeah but, um, but in general I, yeah I'm, I'm really
0: happy with it with that sort of thing in mind when do you um know that you've finished the album because i mean you could do it you could keep going and going uh, you know just good yeah, panning sure. I suppose um, when, do, when do you know it's time to let go and, and, and let it be um,
1: I, to be honest I think that's that's one of the most important skills you can have as as um, as someone that makes music as a creative in general really like any art um, it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily um, equate to how much work you've put in you know how good something uh, is often it's like you might spend a day on something and then um, and then to play with it any more than that would ruin would ruin the, the magic of it you know other things
0: um, I've mixed to 18 months <laughs> yeah other things I wrote 10 years ago and could never get sound right on records and um, I and mean, there's one song on this album don't let it go out which is I tried to put on the first gun album What do you think it um, it is? It, for, say for a song like that that that's come out probably five to six years after it may have first kind of had its first kind of birth. That I don't know. Does it have to bake a while, or you you know, you have to be ready for the song, and then the song ready for you? Or I'm not
1: sure. Um, a lot of songs can be packaged in like really different ways. You
0: know, I think especially if you write them on something like keyboard. You know, it can be it
1: can be completely electronic almost, or it can be like this, you know, like a more traditional sort of songy song. So a lot of the times I'll I'll try a song, I'll, it won't be my favorite on the record, but then a few years later I'll remember the chords or melody and try them in a complete, almost like a completely different genre or style, stylistic thing, and be like, actually that's pretty cool. I might. So I think that one, maybe I was, I can't remember what I was trying to do, but I've really I've re- did it in this weird sort of like, eighties jangly like home recording sort of sounding thing and it and it really
0: kills it so I stuck it on. Being a multi instrumentalist, like you're you're a classically trained pianist, right? Well, not, no, not really. I went <laughs> I did I went to Whopper and did classical music, but that was actually the percussion. Okay, yeah. Um I'm I, yeah, I play I, can't, I, I can I kinda of play I play guitars and keyboard and drums and things like that. Yeah.
1: I, I really don't consider myself that proficient on any of them. like, like I can't play any other music. If you were like, can you play a Beatles song or can you play a Mozart song? I can't really do it. I can just play enough to get me by, you know, with the music I make and the bands I play for. Yeah, but one day, I, I would really love one day to actually get, I mean, I had piano lessons as a kid and drum lessons, but I never, you know, it never got that.
0: Um, not that formal Not that kind of thing. No, no, I never thought, oh, yeah, the drums are pretty serious, actually. I mean, that was my, as my grades got worse and worse, that was that was my ticket to uni. Okay. Which <laughs> was <the> twist drums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what's your um, main writing instrument? Um, it changes. I mean, try, I try and do, I
1: try and use different things. Keyboard. I have like I have like this little small keyboard in my house at the moment. Sometimes it's acoustic guitar. I like to write usually on guitar though. on am just like an electric guitar that's not plugged in yeah. because that way it doesn't. You're not. It, you you don't. It can be any sort of. You know. It can be any sort of um, guitar song. It's not going to be an acoustic song necessarily. It's not going to be like a rock song. Whereas if you write something on acoustic guitar, it's really it's like. You know, it's hard to it's hard to write a riff, or it's hard to write something that's going to be electronic or something mm. when you've got an acoustic guitar. So, I like, I feel like an unplugged electric guitar is more open. it's just sort of a tool um, to get there. And then often I'll
0: just sample stuff and either use the sample or I'll sample stuff, make a song up, and then just remove the sample. You know, but that was that was the um, that was like the catalyst for coming up with the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've done yeah, I've I've
1: done stuff before where it's like, it'll literally be like a Bee Gees chorus or something yeah. and I'll make a song around it and then just mute the, you
0: know, the, the sample and then <laughs> that's the song. Um, and, it, and I'd be more sheepish about that but the song ends up not really sounding at all like the song that had the sample in the first place you know, it was just like a way of getting stuff. Of oh, unlocking. Well, like, looking. going yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd read an interview a couple of years ago, maybe in the time, around the time of the second album and you said that yeah. Of yourself, that you're not a natural singer. How do you feel now? And and, am I right in saying that the vocals are a little more present this time? I think so. I mean, I definitely don't consider myself a
1: natural singer. I mean,
0: uh, natural singers to me are people that can't really sing out of tune. Yeah. Um, Like uh, Beyonce or those perfect (laughs) pitch uh, people.
1: how to treat my voice and process it so that it sounds appealing you know whether that's effects or eq or the way that i mix it or and i think that's been really good in also teaching me how to mix and like produce for other people just because i've practiced for so long trying to make my like sort of you know weedy voice
0: sound as as, make it sound as epic as possible you know well i've read interviews where you're, you're asked about what you want your music to be like in relation to Tame Impala or Pond, but what about in your own context, like this is the fifth Gum album um, do you like have a, an evolution in mind or are they just happy to let them sit as like separate uh, entities at you know different points in time? Yeah, I mean I don't it's kind of a cross between being
1: really ambitious with it and wanting You know, sort of me, Jay Watson, might hear something like that and, and, and be really into it, you know? Yeah. It, I guess it's kind of just like keeping the the, um, the cycle of, you know, finding cool music going constantly. That's yeah. kind of the way I see it. Yeah. Like I'm just part of a big. I mean, there's a lot of people making music, you know, there's far too many <laughs> people making music. So I'm not, I, I don't pretend that what I do is, like, unique or special or anything, but I think. For me, it's as long, if one person, if the equivalent of me in 2040 heard it, and thought
0: it was really cool then that's kind of enough. I believe you write in sort of various moments of time or free time between like touring commitments or uh, or you might be um, on a plane with your laptop and your headphones sort of uh, mi- mixing tracks and things. Um yeah. are, you, are you mindful of like, like a cohesion between tracks across an album? Um, given that you, you have to come back to these things at different points along the timeline? Or, or are you happy uh, yeah, just to go with the flow and, and each album is what it is in itself? Yeah, I think I'm mindful of it. I was thinking that with this album, I was gonna, I was always going to not
1: put a song or two on this one just because they didn't, they seemed so out of place. But I find as long as there's somewhere else on the record that's similar... To it's, even if it's a really extreme point of it, like stylistically, as, long as there's some something else that's like it's like a cousin of it on the same record, it it, it works for me. Mm. I think the song Airwalker, which is like the second song in it, it's kind of like this like hip hop, vocoder mm. hip hop, like boombox <laughs> rock sort of thing. Um, that was one like
0: like a real outlier, and I wasn't going to put it on, but then I convinced myself there was enough sort of like other. that it worked you know yeah and I also just feel like I've made a lot of music for a long time and as arrogant as
1: it sounds I've sort of had the right to just put whatever I want on record you know
0: yeah stir enough Okay. I don't know why. I guess it's because we're. No, yeah, I don't know. No. But but so I find you can go, you can take it further than
1: you think. People, the audience will, um, will get because people always somehow bend it back into their own impression of, of, of the music you make. Anyway, you know, which is which is kind of um liberating. That <laughs> King Gizzard band, and, uh, um, King Gizzard, and they make like a metal album, and somehow it, it works in the end because.
0: It's about making it, and, and people feed it back into, you know, whatever their narrative of them is. Well, you mentioned about uh, funk before, alphabet soups, a nice sort of 70s funk uh, sort of thing. What starts you in a mood to, to uh, kick that off and, and then uh, and keep it going? Um, that one was because I had just done a bunch of drums, he's a drummer and he's an engineer and he's got
1: he had really nice drums I didn't really have a song, so it's kind of made the sort of song over. And I did that a couple of times on the record, low to low, I did that too. I just had the drum machine.
0: Well, look, Many Tears to Cry and Down the Dream have really, I've written down here, 1968, it could be 1967, but it, they do have a, a whole different sort of 60s feel. So, obviously, you have a deep love for all kinds of music and, and all kinds of eras. Well, yeah, Many Tears to Cry was like, just like acoustic guitar, you know, sing
1: a song, right? but mm. then I, was, I think I was listening to a lot of Joe Twins, Oh yeah. So really like kind of 80s and like uh some big gated drive. yeah i don't know i find that i don't like things that are obviously from one referencing one thing or one period of time or anything if it's you know if it's feeling 60s or something like that i try and smash it with something else yeah Uh, whether or not people realize it or not but yeah all i can hear it but um yeah i i I try and always like have a kind of intersect with something else so it's not just pure
0: um, yeah, you know, a tough stage. So, So um, let's go back to about March when the world went into its various lockdowns. So, and Parlour had a raft of dates on the schedule. There were dates in the US and then a full Australian tour, which would have been the biggest um, Taman Parlour's done, I think, in the arenas. So, mm. how, how did you feel when the calendar was suddenly cleared of all musical and sort of touring activities? Um, Firstly I think it's you um you know, that's your income for the year. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, um, I think it's a lot of people's livelihood for the year,
1: especially with Pan Pilot, more so than the other bands. It's like, you know, it's probably a hundred people or something that are employed by that band. Like in in in, in all different, you know, fields. Mm. So, um I mean, I've made that number up, but if you count all the crew and then all the and then management and then um,
0: promoter you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it affects a lot of people. Yeah. So that it's kind of kind of a real bummer in that sense. For me personally, it i it's been a bit of a blessing in disguise just because uh, I have a like six month old son now. Yeah.
1: So I was going to be away all year, so it's been really nice, you know, ignoring all the work being taken away and stuff like that. It's just been really nice on like a personal level for me.
0: Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a time of sort of stillness, I guess, which would be like a really, well, pretty perfect time to, you know, bond with your bond with your newborn baby. Totally, yeah, yeah, it's been really good, it's been lovely. As a creative, do you kind of revel in isolation anyway? Um, uh, that that's the thing with, and just with doing this podcast and talking to mostly um, musicians, but different creatives that at some point you you're isolated as you're, you know. Swishing around with your your art kind of thing, that isolation is a a, a way of life. Anyway, obviously not on tour, but yeah, to some extent for sure. Yeah, I think for me in Perth, the only thing really that was different was I couldn't
1: break up the 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 work,
0: the creative stuff with going to the pub. A bit yeah. Later. yeah. yeah.
1: No matter how
0: menial the thing is, I'll, like, get obsessed with doing it. Um, do you think that, you know, having children it, 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 a spectrum of experience kind of changes your, I don't know, your, your view of the world and your view of your, your yourself and your place in the world kind of thing? Do you think that will have a, an effect on your creativity um, or maybe your outlook in writing music? So,
1: Purely logistic level, it already has in that you have less time. You know, you you treasure your time with your kid more and more and more, and then you have less time to do other things and treasure that time more and more and that, I think I think that's the biggest thing like my girlfriend and I've noticed is just time is just hyper valuable. You know, mm. but I, I can't I can't even fathom a world where I would just spend the whole day. Like lying in bed anymore, whereas I used to do that a lot. You know, <laughs> like hungover, just ride a day off. Yeah. So I feel like I'm even more. I've always been quite efficient, I think, at, at doing stuff with my time, like working on music and things like that. But I think at, at, I'm getting sort of hyper efficient, you know, trying to trying to do mixes in 45 minutes. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Which might be a bad idea,
1: but it's just kind of necessary now. Yeah. Um, so on a
0: purely logistical level, yeah. And then on a sort of, I guess, spiritual level, um, I'm sure it will have a big impact, but um, I, I, I'm not sure about that yet. I haven't really, like, sat down and written too much in the last couple of months. I mean, so, um, so we'll see. So you, you were born in Carnarvon and you grew up in Northern, so it's pretty, fairly rural. Um, yeah, I lived in Sydney in between for, like, five years, though. Oh, okay. So kind of weird, yeah. Oh, oh wow, okay.
1: Yeah, so, so my parent my family's also
0: City too. Oh, right, okay. I'm
1: actually
0: not from WA and I have no relatives here, which oh. is really strange. Okay. And but, so. But I was born yeah. here and I've lived here most of my life. So, what sticks in your mind about growing up? I mean, you know, pretty varied from, you know, Northern to, to Sydney, and, and but also music and learning, you know, several instruments when, when you were young. Was it music uh, became a big part of your life pretty early on? Yeah, I think, that, I, think the, I think the Northern thing has had a big part to
1: do with it, in that there's not much else to, to get distracted by. And I, I mean, not that I ever felt like I was like, I was like, right, I'm going to work really hard at this. It was just... Um,
0: mm mm-hmm. Just, um, jumping forth in time, but still quite rural, I, I have this memory, and it came up a couple of years ago on YouTube of, of Tame Impala uh, opening the Wave Rock Festival. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's about two thousand and eight, and I remember because it would always it would always start with everyone watching the AFL Grand Final, and then there'd be a welcome <laughs> to country, and then that year Tame Impala opened. And I think it was two thousand eight. That's occurring to me, and and yeah, someone. I like it. Yeah. Oh, been yeah, and someone dug it up, and it was on YouTube, and a few websites ran with that. But I, I remember it being there, uh, uh, and also I remember because you were on drums at, at that point, and that your bass drum kept on um, kind of pushing oh, yeah. forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The classic. Yeah. Um, I felt like I struggled with that for about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> now that now, I'm in the Pond, we have um, sandbags. <laughs> when we take around
1: with it so I think it's essential you need the sandbags or a
0: brief or something good to see technology coming to the rescue <laughs> exactly well yeah I, I think it's probably poor technique too I don't know I um, I was taught really well
1: but I would as I stopped getting lessons and started
0: drinking <laughs> stuff like that I think it all went out the window yeah <laughs> Um. and so looking back you know that's what 12 13 years ago or something you've done five albums Um. both bands have on numerous albums and played around the world. Has it gone fast? Um, yeah, I guess so. It seems pretty surreal thinking about
1: it like that. But, um, yeah, no, do It seems to be getting faster each year. I think a year felt like a long time back then. Mm. But I, I'm really bad at, um, like, reminiscing and remembering stuff. Like, I wish I had sort of paid more attention. Like, I couldn't let like people tell me about things that still as we played and places we went that I'd have zero recollection of. Um, and we don't have much like documentation of it either, just because, just because we weren't, you know, arrogant enough to think that we'd need to.
0: You know, yeah. what I mean?
1: um, we didn't think it. Like, if I knew Taylor and Paula was going to be as big as it was, I would have filmed everything. So you know, kept kept all my early records and stuff because were were you know, <laughs> so, like I don't have I don't have anything, yeah, you know, from from both those like photos or. But I think it's kind of cool too. Uh, like I think if you're a band starting now, there'd just be so much. Like uh, you know, I don't I don't even know if I had phone. I mean, I know people had phones. I know people probably even had like, almost iPhones by that point. But I don't think I did. We certainly didn't have um, a computer at our house or anything. Mm. Um, 2008, we used to go to the internet cafe like just uh, just off um, next to the train station in the city next to that. I think. it's.
0: Oh, yeah, um, Yeah, and like go and like Google us just to see, like, the, you know, when, it, when, it first, when the first EP came out, I'd like Google the, Google the press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty weird. Yeah, well, I think, well, you know, that was shot with uh, well, the with an actual camera. There weren't they weren't uh, very good camera phones. Uh, it, they probably were yeah, 2000... and. Like cam, digital camcorder or something. Yeah, like camcorder, that. yeah, yeah. Which, which sort of says uh, how, how long ago that was, I guess, but yeah. And, and so just to in wrapping up what it's hard to make plans because we don't quite know what the new normal is or what it will be and I, I know the and parlor tour is um rescheduled at this point for December um what about you you yourself and you, plans for the album is, is there, do you think there'll be a chance to play some live dates
1: no, no. We can start playing
0: in Australia again soon. I'll probably actually have more time than I've ever had to, 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 to do some dumb stuff, um, which would be really cool, you know, just over east and in Perth. Because um, you, you did it's play some... D- I mean, you, sorry, go on. Yeah, you did play some dates some years ago with uh, Jen Aslett and Ali Flintoff, was that... Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that just in Perth or was that in Melbourne? No, yeah. we did some over east, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. I did a session the other day too with um, Scarlett who was on that tour and Jin who plays in Pond. I just kinda I will do solo stuff. Sometimes you and I did two piece. You know, I'd love to have like a six piece band. Mm. I, I like to keep I like to keep it um, the gum thing like changing, you know, kinda of, like quite fluid. Um you know, just because it's, it's hard to, it's really hard to play. Depending on what setup you've got, you can play certain songs from this project, you know. Some of the stuff's, like, pretty much completely electronic and some of it's, like, like a rock band, you know. So depending on what you've chosen to do, like, that dictates the set list. Mm. I'd love to have, like, enough people, and enough money to kind of be able to play all the songs, you know. Mm. Have someone, someone with an MPC and then also, you know, two guitars, you know, all that like to cover it all but um, yeah i don't know how that's gonna work but
0: one day i think i'll just keep putting the other records and then when i go on tour you know if i play the best two or three songs of each record it'll be a pretty good set and um in the meantime just um grow up with your, your son yeah 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 it's good taking over after this interview well jay watson thank you for hibernating with me on hibernation for joining me on hibernation until the next time look after each other we're worth it bye